Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Mark. Today, I'm excited to welcome Arabella Marks. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> of course. Arabella is a dental therapist and as you can tell from her name, it's my sister. <laughs> so, how are you? And what three things make you smile? So I'm really good today. Thanks for having me again. Um, the three things that make me smile. First of all, I'm going to have to say family. Obviously, you're sitting in front of me. So it makes it you hard to not say to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely family. We're, we're a big family. So spending time with you, uh, my other siblings, my dad, and, and then also my partner and my kids as well. Um, the second thing that makes me smile is, do you know what? I really love going to nice restaurants and getting re- like, you know, I like knew the, that. Yeah, I know the tasting <laughs> course menus. Like that's the things that I live for. Yeah. We're, I'm always going on the different websites and looking at the menus and then the food porn being like, I'm going to go to this one next. <laughs> that tends to be something that really makes me smile. Um, and then probably the last thing is achievements I've always been someone to set like five ten year goals um and then when I know that I've reached those things that really makes me feel good it also makes me motivated and I love staying on that track to get them so probably my top three yeah yeah I mean going back to the um restaurants like (laughs) you do um tend to manage to book a few Michelin star restaurants. (laughs) It's even whenever we go anywhere, I'm like, oh, what's the top restaurant? We're definitely going to go to that one. That is what like me and Danny live for, really. That's our our special time together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Even the highest ever Michelin star restaurant on top of a mountain. Yeah, we got to go to that one um, when we went skiing and I found it's the the top altitude one um, and the with the rating of Michelin star and it was worth it, wasn't it? It was worth it. But the good thing about that one is you got to ski down as well afterwards so we got lovely meals and then a little bit tipsy merry from the wine and ski down (laughs) (laughs) it's dangerous (laughs) obviously how we know each other we're family and obviously we have a big family um so with our family of dentists obviously our grandfather was a dentist um and he came from portugal and studied here then our dad and our uncle (laughs) And, um, yeah, we come from a big family who does a lot together. Um, As we said, we go on holiday, we do everything together. um, Unless not everyone can always make everything, you know. Yeah. So I say that we're like third generation dentists because we've got granddad, then dad and uncle and then you and I. Um, and then in our family, we, me and Ricky are Richard, uh, one of eight. Um, so he's number one because he's the eldest and I'm number three. And out of all the eight, only you and I have done into dentistry. The others are like mainly in insurance now, which is a bit random. Exactly. Well, they're very mathematical. Yeah. yeah. Computers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people call me Ricky because my father is also called Richard. Yeah. So, <laughs> to separate me Some, out. It's mainly like our family that calls you um, calls you Ricky. Exactly. No, we don't. They really used to call me that at school, but yeah. then it's like when I kind of like got into a more serious profession then yeah you I changed kind of it over to, <laughs> to Richard I always forget that and then I sometimes say oh Ricky and then someone's like oh who are you talking about <laughs> I know I know um yeah so um you're a dental therapist so for those who don't know what that is um please explain what it is and what you do <laughs> um 
normally when you say dental therapist, someone will turn around and ask me if I just talk to teeth all day. Because <laughs> that sounds like what the profession is. But actually, it's something, it's halfway between a hygienist and a dentist. I find that's the best way to explain it. So I can do everything that the hygienist would do. But additionally to that, then I do fillings, like um, all, all fillings, including like composite bonding. I uh, can do whitening. We can. Do, I can do... Um, a lot on children, like paediatric dentistry is a big a big thing for uh, dental therapists. They can extract the uh, dental uh, the paediatric teeth um, and you can do stainless steel crowns on them as well. So you find that that's kind of where you work at a lot. So it's a good profession to be in. It's lots yeah. of things to do. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of made you want to become one and go down this journey? I mean, obviously, yeah, there is a family of dentists. <laughs> well, I had a lot of good role models, didn't I? <laughs> Well, actually, when I was younger, I kind I always thought that I probably might want to go into dentistry, like when I was at school, um, and did do sort of the education towards that a little bit. And then towards the end, I watched a lot of Ali McBeal, and I thought that I wanted to wear a lot of Calvin Klein suits and look really cool, like doing that. Um, so then I went more like uh, down the economics, like math side. Um, and then I had the book, my, my son. And I had a break and the first thing I did really in dentistry was nurse for you, do, do dental nursing for you in the prisons. And after a day of that, I realised that's where I wanted to be. That is the area that I really liked, being patient fronted. I like the activeness of the um, of the workload. And I thought actually compared to sitting behind a desk is not really where I wanted to go. So then I redid everything so that I could go down that route um, and stay in dentistry. But, but yeah, it, it's probably as well with having the role models of the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and just going back to that, basically, um, our father's company had uh, some contracts like to carry out, carry out prison dentistry in the UK. So that's what that happened. We weren't in prison for any other. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was really weird because it was the first time that I'd obviously done really any dentistry and it happened to be in, in a prison and I'd never been into a prison before. So I had like two really nerve wracking things to do for my first thing that day. But it all worked out really nicely. I actually like really like doing that that role as well. I think, you know, if you're helping people and you're doing something constructive. Yeah. And, you know, um, then that's like part of the rehabilitation of someone, isn't it? So, yeah. Obviously, your journey to graduation, you know, um, you had uh, did the Eli first mm. and then kind of took a break, as you said, from education. And then how did you, because it's quite competitive to get into the course, isn't it? It's one of the most oversubscribed courses. So how did you kind of get Past, into it? Yeah, definitely. So when I, I, when I was 18, I got pregnant with Dylan uh, my eldest and then I had him when I was 19 so me and Danny like he was working anyway but I decided to take a little time out of education to to look after Dylan um, and then when I realized that I really liked dentistry and that's where I wanted to be I had to redo like my A-levels to go and do that so I had to do like a biology A-level and then also do a dental nursing qualification to help me get in there so it was like when I said at the beginning about setting those five year ten years goals it was I had to think so far forward because the dentist that the dental nurse was going to take me like two years it was going to take me two years to get my A level and then I knew that getting onto my course was going to be difficult I might not get there for the first time there was um, there's only the I went to Queen Mary's University in East London and there are actually only 10 spaces for a dental therapist on there so it was really really hard to get into but thankfully I got in it first it. time but it was lots so much prepping and I didn't really think that it was going to happen at that point um, but I was so pleased when I did. And what was the course like? Um, was it difficult and you know um, 
and how many years was it? Yes, it's a three-year course um, and it's really good. So they have a dental school there where they have dental students and then the dental therapists, when they start, they start with the second-year dental students. So we mould in with the second-year dental students and you become like part of their course as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a really good way of uh, meeting completely new people and the the 10 of us were like really good friends and then we'd mingle in with the dentists and made really good friends that I'm still friends with now. Um, And it was like, it was five days a week. It was quite quite a lot and I live in Essex so it was commuting from Essex to London um, every day but I used to use the train ride as, as a, a way to do my revision <laughs> sit there and revise on the train I was like oh it's a good hour of solid revision that you could get done um, and then we do like the practical element but I remember like obviously the first time like you would like having to see a patient or do a filling on a patient for a first time and how worried you are when you start doing that um, but I, I, when I look the back, are the injections? Yeah, <laughs> we actually had to practice them on yeah, each other. Yeah, we were the same. And my um, my clinical partner, she was so scared of needles. And um, when she came towards me, she was shaking her hand so much that the tutor had to hold her hand. I'd never, I've never been worried about having anaesthetic before, but at that point, I was a little bit. But she was fine. She got through, but she was actually crying while delivering it to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> there was one guy in our course because our course was quite big, so yeah. there's like 150 dentists per year. Yeah. And um, he basically just was so nervous and he unsheathed the thing and he put it into his hand, <laughs> his own hand, <laughs> numbed his own hand. You have to be careful when you do that because I think that if you get it, the adrenaline in the finger wrong, it's... Oh, fall off. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Because <laughs> you hear about people doing that when they do the back injections, like where they put, we rest your, um, rest your finger on the chin. Yeah, of course, of course. That's the thing that's important actually is to kind of like support it mm. carefully and you know I have a steady hand but some people have you know, <laughs> shaking hand. if you ever see one with shaking hand run <laughs> I think like my clinical partner who was like that at the time after the end of uni she wasn't she was fine she wasn't crying yeah, while she was yeah. giving anesthetic anymore <laughs> it's like anything it's something that you get with practice and then it becomes easier and yeah. easier and then it becomes normal yeah <laughs> definitely you don't even think about it then after that what was your university experience like being a mother already and um, were you a mature student and was everybody mature students who were there or um the nature of my course is that you get a range of ages so we had somebody who was like 30 and then we had somebody who was like 21 and that was kind of the age range between it and I was in the middle about I think I was about 24 when I started um and yet I had the two the two young kids that they were both at primary school at that point Eli just started primary school um and I managed to balance a little bit of partying because I, yeah, <laughs> I, I liked a little, bit. a little bit of partying um I had like friends that lived in halls and if it was a big night out like a Christmas one or something then I might stay around their house but most of the time it would be running like to get the train back because normally would have like to take the kids to football or something as well so it's, it was a balance but I still got to have that that university yeah experience. university experience to a certain extent um which, you didn't live in the halls no 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 I still commuted up from so I like my train took me about an hour and then it was like a, a 10 minute tube so it wasn't too bad like um as a journey wise uh easy, it's which actually from one side of London to the other can sometimes take, take you ages. that long yeah absolutely mm. it's good that you still have that university experience I think and yeah. as you said like you're still friends with some of those and friends for life like yeah, you, you, yeah, you see my friends all <laughs> we the time. Know them as well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like me and my friends from university, you know, um, I have maintained, and some of them even work with me. So. <laughs> <laughs>
let's talk about your own family and Danny and the kids. Yeah. So actually, me and Danny are coming up to now. We'll be fifteen years like, wow. in a couple in like next month. So it's been it's been a long time. And then we've got Dylan, who is thirteen, and Eli, who is ten. So they're they're both at secondary school now. Um, and Danny, he as well as me when I was going through uni, he was going through uni as well. He decided to be a behaviour analyst, so he went and did his degree. Um, and his was like he worked full time at the same time and then did it. And then he went to University of Kent and had to go and stay down there for like a week or something. But luckily, our brother Macaulay, to start, he started the University of Kent at the same time. So he was in halls. So Danny had to go down like, I think once a term for a week. He used to go and stay on, on, on Macaulay's floor. And then, um, or Macaulay would go, thankfully, he got himself a girlfriend quite quickly. So he managed to go and stay with his Indian girlfriend. And, and Danny used to just take over over his bedroom. So it worked quite well, but he did that. And then he, after that, he's done now a, a master's degree in behaviour analyst as well. So we spent, I think, our 20s really in education for yeah, most yeah. of it. Well, I think it just shows that, you know, you don't necessarily have to do education straight away. There's always a different pathway where you can, you know, do that later on. Yeah, definitely. I think both of our roles that we've done were more like the vocational type things that you don't know about when you're at school. And mm. we wouldn't have maybe gone into them straight away without without being out in the world and experiencing those sort of activities and stuff like that that we did. Um, so Danny's one is definitely, he he went into social care and then he was like, oh, this is where I like to be and this is the sort of angle that I want to take and he did all of his things to make him go down that angle. So I think at both at the same time we were doing working through the same things like he was doing his MVQs and I was doing my A-levels and then he, we were at uni at the same time and then now we can look back and we say oh look how far we it got come, yeah exactly. but at the time you'd feel like it it's gonna take so long and you're never gonna get there yeah 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 well I think as well it's like they talk about this a lot how people when you're young you don't really know what you want to do you know and it's a lot to ask school children what they want to do and then it's like another pathway is to find out later what you yeah. want and you can always do that later education and yeah look at what you guys both did <laughs> amazing well I get to work with you so that's good isn't it yes <laughs> um yeah and um obviously Danny used to be in the UFC or cage a fight fighter, trainer, cage, cage fighter, cage fighter. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he used to be a cage fighter, so and a fight trainer, and a fight trainer. Yeah, he still does a he still actually does it on a Monday night. He does a mixed martial like trains mixed martial arts on a Monday. Um, but he yeah he used to get like a lot of bruises on his face. <laughs> I think one that's time, why you had to yeah, stop it. Yeah, we went to like a parents' evening and he had like a massive bruise on his eye, and I had to sit down and be like. He is. Uh, he was just training, and he got punched. He, he's not been in a street fight, like to the teachers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's a great um, story, and he loves um, Scandinavia and Norway. <laughs> and you've just recently been. Yeah, we did. We had a lovely holiday in May. We went um, hiking, me, Danny, and the kids up like up to the waterfalls in Gairenga, like round the fjords. It was it was really nice. But he yeah he learnt Norwegian for going there. Um, but didn't really speak it very much because everybody in Norway is really <laughs> good at speaking English. English yeah. yeah, always the way. But he, I think he likes it because he loves like the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The history. <laughs> the history of the Vikings is literally is one of his favourite things. But then also it's so pretty. Like it's completely different 
um, landscape than what we have here. Yeah, yeah, it's really incredible. I meant seeing the videos and everything. Mm. And then obviously the boys did the hiking as well. So yeah, Dylan was fine. Eli struggled a little bit. Um, but if you said you're going to get a hot chocolate at the bottom, <laughs> it's, it's like the motivation <laughs> yeah, suddenly gets in there, especially because obviously coming from the dental field, we're not very much like you can have hot chocolates all the time. Exactly, exactly. Got to get there. <laughs> How do you keep like a work-life balance with having a family and obviously having your career and kind of traveling around to different practices, including, you know, in London? How do you kind of juggle everything? It, it like sometimes it is harder. Um, like this week, actually, Danny's away working. He's gone, I want to say, somewhere in the west of England. I can't remember where he is at west. the moment. <laughs> somewhere in the west. Um, and it's just really planning. Like I didn't get home till uh, like nearly half six yesterday and he wasn't there. So it was like trying to get the dinner ready and then the kids all ready. Um, but it's like planning. Like that's the main thing is planning and we plan our, our week together. So he says, oh, I've got to be here, here and here this week. And I'm like, oh, I've got to be here um like that's who's going to get the kids who's going to do the dinner it's it's very much joint with what we do um with that so sometimes like I work on Saturdays so then he might sort everything out like go do the shopping and do the cleaning so it's fine that when I come home on Saturday it's like we can have a weekend kind of working together yeah yeah definitely and it's always it's always been that that but then the other really good thing it's a lot of my family like our family lives really close to us like um, we're a close family we are we are so we've got my mum only down the road and we've got my like my brothers and sisters really close that we can just phone up and, and have that help and I think that's always been a big thing the whole time I don't think I could be where I am now without like the support of like the whole family with that yeah yeah I remember one time we were coming back on a plane um me and Fredo and then we called uh Macaulay, who's number seven in the family out of eight. <laughs> Can you come and pick us up? <laughs> so it's really good having that big family that you can rely on. Yeah, know. definitely. One time, actually, it was really, it was when I was at uni and I was, we were near the end of finishing and Eli was meant to have been picked up from school by the childcare place, but for some reason they'd forgotten to pick him up. Uh, so they'd called the house phone to say like nobody had picked him up. Um, and did, uh, Macaulay answered our number seven one. And he was in the, put in the group chat, like, is anybody going to pick up Eli? I, and I didn't see the message because I was in a lecture. So someone else was like, oh, I can go. I think Fredo was like, I could go get him. And in the end, Mac had to go. McCordy had to go and get him. But it was like this whole family just yeah, ended up going someone, to get someone him. Someone was going to pick him up. And I, it was like two hours later that I then see this message being like, oh, did somebody did get my kid? Did anyone still there? <laughs> he was fine. He was at home. Exactly. <laughs> I also like to talk a bit about what kind of challenges you face. So what challenges do you think you've faced in the journey, you know, your journey, um, you know, having family and from childhood to get to where you are? I think it's when I was younger, I wasn't that focused, definitely wasn't very focused. And, and not having that focus was difficult when I was like late teenager to to um, to sort of find out what I, where I wanted to be and what how I needed to get there uh was very like I'll do this and then next week I'll be doing something else and it did make a difference and then once I had the kids that obviously that slowed me down in the way that I was I was quite young my friends were actually going off to uni that that same year and I was like oh I'm, I'm here with my little kids <laughs> but they were really good and still like came to see me a lot and stuff um but I think that made everything a little bit more difficult but in the end I feel that that actually made the focus different so it, it made me change what, what I wanted to do and 
made my made, made me get that focus that I didn't quite have before. And it, but it has been hard. It has been hard with that sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can show so that you can still get to the destination even yeah. if you take a different journey. I think it is those always having, like, don't think about the six months. Like, that's not long enough. Like, you have to think about the five, ten years. Like, even now after I've still qualified, I've still got, like, my five, ten-year plan going all the time. And it's it's always having those little little steps to get to that big step and just thinking the big picture and that makes that makes a big difference with how how you can achieve things. Yeah, I think that's true. That is true. So tell me about health and wellness and fitness and how you keep your physical and mental health strong. Because <laughs> we know this job actually can be quite demanding, you know, on your physical and mental health. Yeah, it, it, some some days you have really stressful days and really? you can be doing some something and it's not going right. And oh my gosh, the stress you get from that <laughs> is course. too much. Um, but. I love I love running. I actually really like fitness. We and some of our brothers and sisters are really into to running. running yeah. We we do we we like to run a lot. Um, but actually, recently I joined a netball team, and I'm really enjoy. I'm really like doing that. The competitive side of that, the team, the team side that you didn't get like didn't have with running. Um, I really do like that. Um, but then also, I just I think you need that time to shut off. A walk, listening to a podcast or an audible, like, can you listen to a Dr. Richard Mark podcast? Yes, yes. Everybody should be listening to them. <laughs> that is really nice. That really helps me shut off. But sometimes just sitting and watching Netflix, and but watching something that is so easy watching. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. Sometimes you want to watch, like, obviously, sometimes you watch, like, a historical documentary yeah. or something but then other times you just want to watch some mindless television <laughs> like brooklyn 99 like <laughs> something reality like yeah reality yeah. well sometimes the reality stresses me out you know like when we're I've too been, much drama yeah well, what's the um the oc selling the oc mm -hmm. like the arguments in that stress me out so much i had to turn it <laughs> off <laughs> i was like there's too much drama <laughs> Yeah, that's why we like comedy as well. Yeah. We like watching comedy, comedy. things, you know. I need that shut I need Listen that shut off. Yeah. 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 So what are your career goals for the future? So currently I work in quite a few different like settings. Um I work with you and doing the private dentistry, which I really I really, really like doing. Um I also work in an like um NHS practice, uh, where I'm doing a lot of like just NHS feelings and stuff like that um, but the thing that I'm probably is my main focus on at the moment is that I'm a lecturer at Essex University for dental hygiene students um, and I've been doing that for about a year now and long term I plan to like stay in that field and to do that I need to do like my teaching qualification which I'm starting next month and then I'm hoping then to do um, my master's like in um, like periodontology which is like gum gum stuff uh to then help me with my teaching with that so that's like my new like five-year plan at the moment um I always want to stay clinical as well never I don't want to move just into to education but I want to just like just be more effective at my role while I'm doing that so I want to learn more so that then I, when I'm teaching that I've got that knowledge got that experience to to give to the students as well yeah, I think that's really good. Like the most amazing thing is when you've learned so much to pass it yeah. on and it's such a joy and seeing people develop and everything. That's amazing. Yeah, we've just we've just got some new like it's a new start of the academic year. So we've just got some new students coming in. So I'm really excited to meet them and see see what their what their aspirations are, what they want to do and 
and see how we can teach them and get them excited about the role and stuff. So it's really, yeah, it's really good. I really enjoy teaching. I think it's, it's nice. So what would you say to a younger person who wanted to get into the profession that you're doing? Um, what would you, what advice would you give them? It's focus. You've got to be focused. Like I said, with, for me, it was, there was only 10 spaces to get into my degree and there was um, like 600 applicants and they interviewed 70. So even when I got into the interview, I was like, wow, I've got to the interview. But to prep for that interview, I went above and beyond. I was I was reading the university website, knowing everything about the university, everything that the course had to offer, everything about like what a dental therapist was, um, d thinking about like how I would fit into that role so that when I had the interview process and somebody gave me a question, it wasn't just like off the spin, I was able to answer it in depth, like and showed that knowledge and showed that I really wanted to be there. Um, and I think you've got to, you've got to be able to do that extra little bit, that bit of focus and just put yourself above the next person next to you, um, which you can do, but it just takes, it just, yeah, effort. it does. It does just take that extra little bit. Yeah. And I now I'm if you want something, you know, if you set the goal and yeah. you put in the extra effort, then it will take you there. Yeah. And it worked like with Danny and I, we were both doing the same sort of thing at the same time. So we were both setting like the 10, five tier goals. Yeah. And like, it, oh, I've got to do this essay. Like, yep, you do that. Or we, I've got to do it as well. We'll do this and then we'll take the kids for a walk or something and explaining to the kids, oh, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be going anywhere fun this weekend because <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got exams. Like, just... But it will be worth Yeah, it, it was. And they, they were really good and really understanding. And now, like, they're both very quite focused and I think that they understand. And they learn that from you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like... We've already. I've already put. Well, I'm terrible. I've already given Dylan like a ten-year plan. That he's got to focus on. <laughs> but he needs to figure that out himself. I'm just like, this could be a really good plan for you. <laughs> well, it's like you said. Obviously, you know, you went part through that part where you were kind of confused and you didn't know what to do. And um, what would you say, looking back to your younger self or someone who was confused like that? What advice would you? give them you know in do you know what way. I actually see I see it now like when I look back and I see people younger and they they're they're at that point and then like maybe even see their parents being like oh they're not got focus or they're not going to do very well and I say just wait there's no but there is actually no point pushing somebody at when they're not ready like to 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 focus to make those decisions you need to just kind of let them let them be a bit grow up and people mature at different different rates don't they like some people mature really young and and have that focus already but some people might get that in their, their mid-20s I'd say if it's cuts past your mid-20s and they're still not very focused okay, then yeah. you probably need an intervention <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think I you know say like life is more like a marathon than a sprint yeah. and you know sometimes people come quickly out of the uh, with one idea and then you know you can lose course but in a way you kind of pace yourself and you'll get there hopefully yeah. <laughs> it's funny because in our family I'd say most most everyone is really focused and from a young age like you obviously were so focused you were achieving top grades and, <laughs> <laughs> and went to obviously really good university and you had your plan at right early on and stuck with it i say like me and amanda were a bit the same like amanda's like the second one but after ricky and we were a bit the same in the way it took us a little bit longer to get yeah, yeah where we yeah. wanted to go and alfredo kind of took a yeah yeah but everyone got there yeah everyone got there everyone yeah that's yeah. okay. no, good it's amazing
Well, thank you so much for joining me, Arabella, okay. my sister. <laughs> <laughs> All of Arabella's details and links are in the show notes. And thank you for listening. If you liked today's show, which I'm sure you did, please rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard, double underscore. Or visit my website, www.drrichardlondon.com. This is a Pop People production. It was recorded at Spiritland Studios and the music is by Delhi Music. And we will see you next time.